Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brent. So we're going to talk about Charlottesville here. I'm just going to go straight out to it because um, it's not something we want to ignore. We just want to talk about it and then we'll get to the usual crap that we talk about. <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to start out like I'm pissed off. Like there's no other way to put it. I'm pissed off. Um, I'm pissed that we now live in a country where we can have a big rally like this where people get injured and killed clearly by the neo-Nazi side. And we have a president that doesn't just immediately denounce it and tries to say that there's blame on both sides. Denounces it three days later and then walks that back the next day or yeah. 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 I mean, so this happened on what Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, it happened Friday night, Saturday. Okay. And uh, it, it just, it, it infuriates me that we are living in a place where, like, the neo-Nazis, like, they have a hold in our government. Like, there's this, this whole, the, 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 okay, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, and I'm sorry if it's rambling, but I'm just, I'm mad, and I just want to sort through some of this stuff. So, we have Steve Bannon still within the cabinet of Trump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the first thing I'd say is like who previously a- was on National Security Council. Yes. So he had National Security clearance, was making decisions about life or death for the country, and he's a fucking Nazi. Yeah. And then when it and when we came- say he's a Nazi, like let's let's actually like quantify that. He was the editor of Breitbart, right. which is alt right, which is basically neo Nazi. Who mean, has let's just call it out like it is? Who also has White House press corps press uh credentials yes so they're in on the daily briefings if they're ever televised and that that's been something when you talk about people that are really like when you talk about people with i guess beliefs like mine the thing that is like made me more angry than anything else in the trump administration is that somebody like that can get into the white house you know it, it's it sends an awful message and you we heard all these stories about how steve bannon's influence was um like somewhat negated or whatever because well there was all these stories that jared kushner sort of took his role of influence and that steve bannon was on the house in the white house but why is he still there like if there's one thing we've learned in the trump administration it's that when he has a problem with somebody they're gone he doesn't have a problem with him (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) that's what i'm trying to say like this this whole song and dance about like oh steve bannon doesn't have any influence on the white house he's the like, mastermind of the white house right basically now he's outlasted or saruman talking in the the king's ear yeah <laughs> he outlasted reince Priebus. he can't he can't deal with the nepotism from jared kushner but he also doesn't have the impending legal battles that jared kushner has because every day it just drip drip of financial dealings coming out from the Mueller investigation but because he can't deal with the nepotism, he still one-ups everyone else in the White House because he has Breitbart Media. He can just stream bullshit out the right wing uh, on daily press briefings. He can tweet out the shit, and like Trump's army of like tweet bots just retweet his shit, and you know he's tweeting Nazi shit eventually. And so now. <clears throat> I mean, so let's walk through what actually happened, just in case somebody isn't... I mean, I don't know how you miss this, if if you're listening to the show on the internet somehow. 
but basically there was a there was a rally where there were was there a Robert E. Lee statue they were going to remove at Emancipation Park in Charlottesville. Do you want to walk that? It sounds like you probably part of the reason we called you on Brent is because like <laughs> you're always like right on top of the news. Yeah, and, I'm uh, very much a news junkie. Yeah, so why don't you break this down for so, us? So Friday night. Um, the well, I don't know when it happened, but the mayor and the city council voted to remove the Robert E. Lee statue from Emancipation Park, and so they planned a big rally to show up to the University of Virginia to protest that. So originally, there were a bunch of Friday night was a bunch of college kids who were in support of removing the statue, and that's when the Tiki Torque March counter protest showed up where they all came and they surrounded a group of students who were like, yeah, we should get rid of the statue of hatred in the Confederacy. And then they just screamed in their faces with Walmart Pier 1 torches. And then right. Saturday, so then that's when the big showdown happened where they had reserved a permit and... The permit um, was pulled. Because they, they did get a permit, but before they actually marched, they had the permit pulled. So they, so anybody that thinks that they were legally, quotation marks, protesting was not, is not correct because they did have their permit pulled before they marched. Okay. Before the Nazis marched. And then, so the march is ongoing. They had to move them to a second park and then the Nazis were kind of in retreat. Um, and then they ended up kind of milling around as they were deciding where to go or retreat or go to the other park when the other guy came in and just, like, attacked people with his car <laughs> and then hit, like, 20 people. Like Yeah, yeah I, I read today it was 19 people injured, one dead. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know the condition of the 19 either. Like, who knows, they could die from internal injuries or... Yeah, and I've seen stuff online. I mean, there's major, major hospital hospitalization. One guy had a completely broken leg, like major injuries. So the guy who ran over everybody, essentially before this even happened, I heard they were starting to turn tear gas on the protesters, right? Yeah. And uh, at some point, some guy... They tear gassed him Friday night, too, I think. Okay. And so at some point, some guy jumped into, into what, like a, a truck or something? No, it was no, like it was a, a... Dodge Challenger. Dodge Challenger, Challenger. okay. And, just and he started, actually was... Cause he there was were two, it down this There was road. two cars. One was in front and one, and he actually pushed the car in front through the crowd. And hit that many people with the car in front Between of Between the two he cars. he was flying down the road. Yeah, I, and I read his family immediately, like, said... Uh, just denounced him like said he didn't represent their values and so i guess this is part of the problem that i have um a lot of this is being framed as a right versus left issue and have, have we really gotten to the point in this country where this is a right versus left issue it like is this, isn't in some a- new circles out there i mean the right-wing media has been pushing this for a while and it, like the left is violent they keep so there was the the thing at Middlebury College in Vermont um, a couple of months ago, like in May, 
where like a speaker was coming and then a bunch of kids got rowdy and they were against him and then there was a thing in berkeley where milo yeah whatever pussy and to just be honest Yana Palalis or whatever <laughs> both, the fuck all it is. three of those rallies were arranged by richard spencer yeah so Ooh. richard spencer is from whitehall right white, white fish. fish or white fish excuse me white fish uh, in montana here which is fucking spectacular that he's in our backyard um and but kudos to Montana for like having Nazis come to town and not making it like a violent saying, shit show. Well, we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but we'll come back to Montana here in a minute. Um, but what upsets me is so you touched on it here, like they're trying to make it out like the left is violent and things like this, but I don't see the the left, you know, quote unquote, jumping into cars and plowing over people. And what really sucks is I'm seeing like all over, like people I know, people who've been on the show, like getting upset and talking about how we should exterminate Nazis. And I just want to say like straight out, that is not the answer. Like, and this isn't to dilute what we're saying at all, but I want to be clear. The second that we do something like that, this whole thing is going to flip and it's going to become it's going to truly become a right versus left issue. I know a lot of people on the right and none of them support any of this bullshit that's going on. And that's what I'm trying to get at. It's a lot of these extremists and fringe people. But if we keep going down the road, we're going right now, it's going to become a right versus left issue. This isn't right versus left. This is like right versus wrong. And I don't mean the radical, right? I mean like racism is not right. You know, like it's, it's, fucking clear if you're for genocide of another race if you're for like moving them out of your country you know it's, but it's not it's, just, it's not a black and white issue it, it's a it's a scale of gray so it's like you, you know you can be all the way even at the the rally you know there were different groups of people it was, right. it was there's nazis there were fucking people who fly the confederate flag in 2017 there were like armed white nationalists with assault rifles who were just up in arms ready to fight if like you know the race war breaks down today and that's part of the problem is that we're getting into this space where it's like people are just waiting for these riots to touch off and that should not be where we're at we should be looking at institutional racism and things like that and actually like having open dialogue which was starting to happen but it's like we're walking a huge step backward yeah yeah and we're going to put in place institutional racist policies you know like jeff more, sessions more. there's right. already ones in place right but. jeff sessions wants to bring back stop and frisk he wants african americans to be able to be stopped and frisked on their body for no probable cause without a warrant. Other just, than being having dark skin. Right. And after decades of practice in New York, studies have shown it doesn't fucking work and it doesn't make policing better or communities safer. No, but, but what, it, what, it makes, what it does is make the prisons run by Jeff Sessions richer by having more inmates. Right. <sighs> Which, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I'm just... <laughs> it's a rabbit hole of terrible things. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get into a tangent of just anger. But I think we're, we haven't seen the tip of the iceberg on this. Like, this was just a day and it, it... This was the first outing of white supremacists kind of flexing their muscles well, and saying, we can be out in the public sphere 
And as long as some of us keep our jobs, like we can do this again next time. The problem I see, well, I mean, this it hasn't been the only conflict in Charlottesville in the last six weeks. They had about six weeks ago was another conflict between white supremacists, Nazis, and people fighting that. I mean, it's, it's Texas A and M has like their <sighs> build to host Confederate rally like next month. So it's on September 11th. <laughs> really, you it, fuckers! I just what I, I was actually <laughs> just reading today that they did because they actually gave them a per, uh, permit to hold a rally on September 11th. Uh, a White Lives Matter. Uh, I. Group. Let me let me be straight on this argument that's happening there. So the Black Lives Matter movement, they are saying they try and do away with that by by saying like like all lives should matter and blue lives should matter like cops, and now they're saying white lives should matter. Like it's ridiculous to me that so many people are in circumstance now where they're just hearing people around them like a lot of white people around them. Like, let's be honest, like white Christians and that's not all white Christians, dude. I know tons of white Christians that are super good dudes, but there's a lot of white Christians out there that think they're being persecuted. They think they're, they're in the minority for their religion. They think they're in like being persecuted by the government and on and on and on. And then they're because ta- they aren't this- the people that are in the spotlight. See, and I, what, and this is my own sort of personal theory is that, like the black lives matter is you know putting people of color in the spotlight that you know their lives mean something <laughs> not and- that they mean something just that they matter yeah yeah <laughs> like we are people and that we our existence matters yeah it might not to you but in and i think it's like worth saying black lives matter rather than blm and you see it online because it's easy to abbreviate but then when you do that you take away what the actual meaning of it is like and if you're not if you're unwilling to say that black lives matter then you're fucking racist like i don't care if you agree with the tactics of them how they protest what they do what their organization is if you don't believe that statement is true then you're a fucking racist like and you're not all the way racist. You're not like clan racist, but you're kind of racist, you know? And everyone is, but it's a scale and you have to acknowledge it. But what I've noticed the most is that the people who think that they're the least racist are always the most racist. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. the guy who's just like, I'm not racist, but right. don't because finish that we- sentence <laughs> because you're one of the most racist people I know just by starting that sentence. Because the but is, I wasn't at that rally. I'm not a f- fucking clan member. Well, you don't have to wear the hood to be a racist, you know? Nope. You can sport a bumper sticker. You can You can just drive around in your fucking pickup with a giant fucking Confederate flag. A right. traitor flag? Yeah. Let's let's get into the, the Confederacy stuff a little bit. Here. I think it's good that at least out of this, if the Confederate flag gets taken down another peg, I think that's probably another good thing. Well, so this is something I want to talk about here because they say all politics is local. So let's get to a little bit of local stuff. So have you seen the video of the guy who was in Three Forks recently? No, oh, at the 
it was at the Headwaters Country Jam, wasn't it? Yeah, and they're just like all drinking and whatever, and he goes over, and this guy's flying the rebel flag in his truck, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? We live in Montana. We weren't even a state. Like, we weren't around during the Civil War. Why are you flying the rebel flag in Montana? And then people are like, don't touch my flag, it's just mine. But they were buddies, you know, but... Yeah. Well, let's get into that, because I'm going to get jump right into the heart of the matter with, with the thing that we have going on in Helena here. So, we have a fountain. Uh, it's not Women's Park, but it's the one right it's across Hill Park, right across Hill the Park. street. Yeah, it's basically the same park, but there's a, there's a there's street a, intersecting yeah. it. Now... I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast last year. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it like quickly. I'm not 100% sure, but I definitely mentioned it on Facebook and got into a lot of arguments with people around here. And there is this giant fountain in the middle of the park. It's the only thing in that park. Like it's just grass and I think a tree on the corner. Half a dozen trees. Yeah. And then like this giant fountain that's in the center of it. And in the fountain, it's this beautiful looking fountain. And then you walk up to it and you find out that it's, it's a daughters of the Confederacy. Yeah. It's, it's a memorial. 1916. Yep. It's a memorial to Confederate soldiers. And so the argument for keeping it is the historic value because some of the founders of uh, Montana were like, they they were the sons of confederate soldiers or like that some of them were ex-confederate soldiers and things like that so that's the argument in place that i would say like first off they like it doesn't matter what you were like in montana you didn't fight the confederacy or you didn't fight the either Union side or the Confe- yeah you didn't fight either you didn't side. even exist <laughs> but what so we I, weren't, we were I was still thinking Louisiana about this territory. i was thinking about this today because this this is a thought that occurs to me Every week or so, probably, um, I will go walking by that fountain, and every time I get mad and walk by it because I know that there's not new signage up there. Because the, basically, there was a there was a big controversy about it. Finally, after years and years and years, and they said that they were going to put signage up there that they basically they weren't supporting uh, white supremacy or the Confederacy but explain the history of the fountain or whatever that signage has never been put up. No. And I was not okay with that compromise. Anyway, the, the argument that I hear the main argument that the reason why that thing still stands and there's actually a bigger reason, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, they say that the reason why it stands is because that fountain is a memorial and it's not okay to tear down memorials. But I would say that if you look up the history of the Daughters of Confederacy, that is an agency that is explicitly for perpetuating the glory of the South and racism. And like they, they literally, uh, their goal was to, to spread white supremacy and make a white run state. Like that was their goal. And so they found that when they were donating things to cities, they would get torn down when it was outside of the South. So they started putting up memorials because for some reason people won't tear down memorials because of our, you know, belief structure. So the memorials stand. So that was put up in 1916. Like how long after Montana had become a state? Like that was put up and it was 28 years. And it was put up expressly because they knew that it wouldn't get torn down because of what it was. What's that? Isn't it 1889? 1889 was when Montana <clears throat> became a state. 
And you could say like, well, what's the big deal about having a statue? Well, the first thing is like you walk by it and you see it's for the Confederacy. Like a not okay right there. B, if it's just their daughters, is it that racist? B that costs <laughs> us money. Like, let's get to the hard facts here. That costs us money to right. maintain that fountain, to have the water running through, like all of that. It's not something you can go up and drink. Like, it's not. It's not made in a way where like you know, like homeless people can go up and like, you know, drank from it without getting sick. So it serves no purpose other you can than probably to roll be, the dice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's not there for any reason other than to be seen. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. Now that thing is seen. And what really made me angry was I got on the Helena IR's website today, the independent record. Oh here, yeah. yeah. And they had a big article on it, which was great because the reason why I like got on there was I specifically wanted to look into that signage and see if there was a reason why the signs hadn't been changed. I was going to follow up on it because it bothers me about once a week. Have like you written I said, into I the IR? No, I am drafting a letter though you and it's going to go. But what really made me angry about it is that at one point, and you can you can always tell a bias of a writer, okay? Every writer is biased. I don't care what they say. Like, every writer is biased. You try to be as unbiased as you can sometimes, <laughs> if depending you're on who you're writing for. <laughs> but it, right. But if, if you're, you're a, a decent writer, journalist, but yes. you're always going to have a bias. And the bias totally shown through when they said... Nobody seemed to care about it. I, I'm not saying the exact phrase, but essentially what he says, nobody seemed to care about it until that, like, until there was that dust up last year about it, which made me furious because no, you are dead wrong. I moved here in 1992. Um, I saw that fountain the first summer that I lived here. It was technically right before I lived here, like right before I moved down here. I remember being like, that's kind of cool and walking up to him being like, what? Like Confederacy, and I asked my dad why there's like a Confederate fountain there. He didn't have any answers for me. I asked like one of my teachers in eighth grade, why is there a Confederate fountain here? Nobody had any answers for me. I asked in high school a couple of people, why is there a fountain in the middle of this park? If you're telling me it's for history and preserving history, nobody is doing a good job of that around here. <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows. Nobody's doing a good job because nobody knew any history about it until it became an issue a year ago. And that's how I found out about the Daughters of the Confederacy and all of these things. Because like it became an issue and then people just rushed to save it. Without knowing any history about it, they researched it and then rushed to save it. It's bullshit, dude. I'm calling for it right now, dude. Let's get a bunch of people with lassos into the park and let's just take the fucker down. Dude. I'm you, watching it happen on YouTube yeah. right now. Let's do it. It's going to save us a bunch of money every year in restoration of water. So, we okay. don't have to have a giant riot when they go to tear it down. <laughs> or here's a better solution. Here's one that works for everybody. In the dead of night, let's take out a still around it put concrete in there and just cover up like the stuff that's written on the sides of it. And then you can still have your historic fountain. And if people really want to do it, they can look it up on the internet like everybody else did. How about that? Cause tourists are seeing it. It's not like, it's not like it's there to, and it's not spreading any kind of message whatsoever. So, it's fucking there and people are seeing it and people are seeing it without context. So if you really like don't support the message of the Confederacy, why do we have this fountain in the middle of our park in our city? Like for real. If you change the sign and just say like not Confederate <laughs> statues, no, say, don't like, say anything. Just Make like it a totally fountain. awesome fountain. Like 
does that make it less racist because it was still with like anti-abolition money absolutely because who looks up that fountain on the internet nobody (laughs) (laughs) the message of the confederacy dies is that better or worse to destroy history or just to like bury in a book that no one will read so here's my point it's all (laughs) on the internet it's all in the archives of the newspaper it's all recorded history you don't have to have something standing in a place to tell you what it is like we destroy statues all the time we destroy them because they're eyesores we destroy them because they're built for a movie and we decide that like we don't need it until rocky four comes out <laughs> like we destroy we statues. pulled Saddam's statue yeah, down that's Cheered. what i was getting at yeah. like we pour and by the way when we say we pulled Saddam's statue down we actually went back and proved that we pulled the statue down it was not people that no were it just was like our happy abrams that tank pulled it down yeah it was it was american muslim troops that were handpicked to go in there and pull it down so that it looked like the common iraqis were pulling down the statues like, but a tank helps <laughs> yeah. can we get a tank where can we get a tank uh we do have a fort nearby but uh, getting on the base is a little tough we should just talk have to about- show my id that's no problem it's true it's I, i've been on the fort many times but I'm going to be honest, I saw somebody pull down a statue on YouTube, and it made me feel real good. Oh, it did. It, it made me feel, like, it didn't solve any problems other than like, yeah, we're just not going to deal with the right. We're just going to well, pull then it it's down. Just like, well, then what the fuck are you going to do about it? Are you going to like put it back up? And that's, like, and that's where true colors are shown, right? If that statue goes back up, then you can start calling out the people who voted to put yeah, that Yeah, are you going to like raise up. money? Are you going to like petition the like, city government? Like, yeah, we really need this statue to the Confederate general here. Well, what why? <laughs> why can't it be anybody else? There is nothing violent about pulling a fountain down. <laughs> If, like, a bunch of people come together and do it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying it should be done. <laughs> so, people of Helena, like, rally behind me here. <laughs> I'll take the hit. <laughs> but uh, it's just, this stuff, it, it, it upsets me. And there's another place. I don't want to name it out because I have friends that work there. But there's, like, there's a place that has swastikas on their doorway and they put signage up there that talked about and this is true it was built before world war ii it was like a native american symbol there's a lot of different cultures symbols now it's known as a as a nazi symbol but that's the problem you see it you walk by it you know that's a nazi symbol you can't just put up a sign and be like no no, no we're not talking about this like that that's not what we mean it's something else like I it think one really of the work. big uh, buildings downtown, one of the historic buildings, the floor is all like swastika. That's, yes. that's what he was referring oh, to. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, what did I say? Oh, I thought you meant like some was on their wall or something. Oh, like, no, no, no. They have it They have it tiled out. But Oh, um, yeah. Um, it's just, it, this stuff is ridiculous to me. But like, I don't think you should like retile the floor to like, you know, hey, we didn't put it down, but it's historic. You but it's being preserved. That's the thing. It's not, it's, I'm not even talking about like just chipping it away and like putting something else. Like they preserve it. It's being preserved. But you should like, really? There's other things to preserve. Why? Like, doesn't what we preserve as a society say a lot about our values 
It's not like... Is that what you want to leave for future well, generations? Okay, but, you know, if we're going to talk about history, context is relative here. Because okay. we've we've said that, like, putting up a statue for the Confederacy supports the Confederacy. Yes. But if you tile a floor with, like, an ancient symbol of peace that later gets hijacked by Nazi assholes, you can make it a teachable moment. Like, it's terrible. It looks offensive. But you can, like, hey... There's interesting history here to know about this. It's not because they did it because they were in support of like Nazi Germany. No, but that is what happens is people see it and that is what it <clears throat> what it has become. You can't you can't just But you like, have to fight ignorance with education. You can't just like let ignorance fester. But you know the one thing I take away from that building and anybody that's ever seen that floor has also seen that sign. I disagree because I know a couple of people that did not see the sign. I saw people that walked by and made comments to me about the swastikas on the floor and did not see the signage. It is super easy to not see the signage. And once again, I'm talking about people that are like walking by that don't live here necessarily. And I realize in Montana, like the general population does not give a fuck what anybody outside of Montana thinks. So I don't expect to win this one. And let me be fully honest. I expect that fountain to be sitting there until way past the day that I die. Cause I don't think anybody's going to do shit about it. No, <laughs> I'm just calling it out right now because like that, like we are complicit in it too. Like we're all complicit in this racism. And when it comes when it comes to like doing not acknowledging a, racism is inherently racist. Yeah, and when it comes when it comes to like doing away with symbols of racism, like people will always find a reason to not do anything, to just sit on their hands. It'll be history, it'll be education, it'll be whatever. Never mind that that shit doesn't happen. It's just that like they will always find an excuse to perpetuate it over and over and over and this is how it goes. And like and this is what we've come to now. There's like Nazi rallies and it's because of bullshit like this. Like all of this is like on the ground level. It's yeah. like seems innocent but a because lot it's of on it, the bottom, but say, it builds up a slightly bigger level, which builds up to a slightly bigger level, which builds up to people eventually getting run over in fucking rallies. What I would say is that a lot of it stems from the lack of justice. We see particularly towards black men in this country that has festered and has just only gotten worse. Like since Michael Brown, like I was watching this thing on vice where they were, this chick was following the, these neo-Nazi assholes who were Charlotte. And they're like, well, why did you get in the game? Like, why are you in the white supremacist movement? And this dude's like, it was because of all the shit that was going down with Michael Brown. Like I saw all these, black people who were just looting and rioting and just hooting and hollering and i was like this is bullshit i'm gonna stand up for white america and then that's why he got involved like and so you you take a police brutality incident that whatever side you fall down on the fact that like nothing was resolved out of it the absence of justice that community fucking burned itself to the ground in the absence of justice and there was no resolution. And we saw it like time and time again. You would see like, God, I remember there were times where, like, oh, shit. You say shit. that like it's past tense, though. Like it's It not. is, because I, I it's a couple be years ago. But you're talking about one particular incident. No, like, but when like. When you start generalizing it, it's not past tense. Like it's happening now. It's happening well, I, right now as we sit here. Right. And I would say that like it's still lingering out there because there's no justice. Like 
And as long as there's no justice, there will be no peace. And you can, and it just gets worse, you know, then people come out on both sides. And when they say it's left versus right, well, yeah, both sides are pissed off because there's no justice. But I want to be clear on this again. I know a lot of people on the right who are not complicit in this. Like they, right. they are in certain little ways. But I would in but the if same way that I like, am in certain little ways, and tr- I try not to be when I become aware of it. But like I do shit too. I don't mean to, but I do shit too. I have an understanding that I do stuff. I, I would like it if more people did. But these things happen. Like, racism happens all the time, and we need to recognize that. That is, like, the first thing. But I don't want to make this right versus left because it's not. No. Like, that's the main thing. The The values of these protesters that are going out there, that is not the values of the right wing. Like, I, I know for a long time the right wing stood for... <laughs> it was more like maintaining America. Like, it seemed the like... The status quo. Not... I mean, yes and no. I I, I feel being like stoic, being professional, being an adult, like yeah, they're they're more like jet, like pull up your bootstraps. Right, and you like, shouldn't do drugs because you should be productive. You should like have children. You should get a good job. Like you know. everything was about maintaining the glory of America, and I don't think a lot of these people see what's going on and thinking that that's maintaining the glory of America. So I would like everybody out there, if you take nothing else from anything I've said, to stop framing this as right versus left. Because the more we frame it as right versus left, the more it becomes right versus left. This is not right versus left. Like This, this is racism versus anti-racism. Basically, yeah. Or diversity versus racism. And if if that's how you perceive left versus right politics, that's... That says a lot about culture, but it's but the not. problems also with you. Like that if too. you see it that way, you really need to look in the mirror and, and think about some things. Because like there is nobody in this country who just like is pure white. There is no but the, most people are single issue voters though. And so if we're raising generations of young people that will be single issue voters on civil rights. And it's not something we've seen in generations. Now, I want to get more broad in this for a second and talk about Trump a little bit more because I almost feel like we let him off the hook a right. little bit no, by he's not going off on him more because so much of this is being exacerbated by the stuff he did. I mean, I said there, him saying like there's problems on both sides or that it, there was blame on both sides was bad enough. Like, you don't say that in a tragedy. Even if your racist mind believes it, you don't say that. You know what I mean? Especially because when it's not factually true. Pres- yeah, it's not true. And t- for him to like apologize and then walk it back. And when I sit there and walk it back, like I, I didn't even get mad when I heard him walk it back because I expected it. But it was just I was sitting there watching him, and it's just what really kills me about him is like you hear all the talk about how he's a narcissist. But he really is a narcissist. When you hear him talk, like he was talking when he was doing his rollback, he was saying that what he said was factual <laughs> first off. But then he said, and everybody said it was beautiful and wonderful. No, actually, dude. you know what he first said is that it's been going on for a long time. It's been going on since Donald Trump. It's been going on since Barack Obama. It's been going on before that. He was he put himself in the front of his like analysis. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just I'm just talking about little pieces of it. But he even he even said that um 
you know, like everybody said what I said was beautiful. Like he does this all the time in speeches. He does it all the time about how everybody said he has this narrative in his head where everybody thinks he's great. And if they don't think he's great, then they're just the enemy essentially. Right. I mean, it kind of seems that way. And that really bothers me that that's our president. Like our president Just is a added person. to the pile of shit that bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you rank that in the like the? This <sighs> pisses me off. But I would say that that is the core to most of his problems. Like I don't think he was like hard right. More than gross when, when he was going into the into the. <laughs> Like I well, if we're being honest, I think gross incompetence has saved us in a few occasions. No, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying <laughs> if we're talking about the core here, like gross incompetence needs to be in the discussion, or at least yeah. a contender. And I try not to like do too much Trump bashing on the show, especially because I just don't want to like <laughs> feed into the shit in, in a way. But like I, I, I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had. The man is truly a narcissist. Like he puts himself in front of everybody. Textbook. And narcissist. I don't think he understand. I don't think he even understands why people are really upset. I don't think it. Like I don't think he's capable of understanding it. Like I don't think he gives a shit. You know, he's he's still on like day uh, like eight of his vacation. You know, he's got like a week left of vacation still. So just don't burn the place while I'm golfing. You know, he so here's a funny story. Uh, He's had Secret Service in Trump Tower. Secret Service got kicked out of Trump Tower because Trump Tower raised the rates on the like room they were or apartment condo that they were renting to the secret service. They were bilking them so much and they couldn't afford it. And then they raised rent that fucking secret service had to leave Trump tower. Cause they couldn't afford it any longer. Oh, it's just so he could put more <laughs> money in his own fucking pocket. Yeah. It's, I feel like we went away from the point. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean like everything. It's, it, it all, there's, there's, it's such like, a it dad, damn like, rabbit hole. Like, it is. It is. We can go rounds and rounds. I don't think we're going to solve anything tonight. Um, but he deserves to be called out yes. because his response was terrible. His response was... And his response his to first his response, response was, was awful. Even, was not great. And then his response to his response was the worst yet. And showed his true colors. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he walked it back and he's like, actually... I think it is left versus right, and people People were wrong on both sides. Yeah. It wasn't Nazis who showed up to have a rally, and people got angry because of it. People just shouldn't have been angry on both sides. But I do want to reiterate one thing. It's not. people, People that are really pissed off at the Nazis right now, when you punch them, like it's not going to help this. I know. Look, dude. If there's anybody Unless who you're deserves, Captain America. if there's anybody who deserves to be punched in the face, it's a Nazi. Don't get me wrong. Hey, Richard Spencer deserves every punch he gets. Oh yeah, dude. He got body slammed. He, really he got hard. fucking tackled by eight. 
and if eight you think, policemen if you think and I'm handcuffed not, and thrown in the back of a truck. And if you think I'm not going <laughs> to watch I'm, that on Facebook or like YouTube, you're wrong. I'm actually, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> and repeat. part of me is going to like feel glee, but I know that that doesn't help. It makes the situation worse because they all love to play the martyr and that's the game they're playing right now. And that's the problem. You can't feed into this. Like if you feed into it, they win because they get more people who are just like, see, like, see, that's what we are persecuted. And you just like feed that narrative that they're feeding to their own people, which gives them more people to recruit more people. Like, I know, I know, dude, they deserve to be punched. I get it. But the more Nazis that you punch, the worse it gets. You know, what's interesting to me is that the fact, you know, Antifa is anti-fascist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a bunch of anti-fascist boot kickers just show up at rallies and they rabble rouse. But this goes back, you know, to the time when well, before we were, World War Two, right? And it's interesting that these sort of no one was in anti-fascist before recently, but it's been a thing. And it it's interesting that these sort of cultural identities can return mm-hmm. in history when needed <clears throat> to serve whatever sort of social political movement is out there um you know we haven't needed to fight fascists in years and i'm not advocating for it but it's interesting to me that like something that is is extinct from a bygone yesteryear can just spring back to life as easy as fascism can you know what the the thing that was really interesting to me um and i just kind of got off on a side tangent when i was researching this um was do you know of the industrial workers of the world, the IWW? Yeah. The and they're they're called the Wobblies. Well, the one person that was killed in the Charlottesville um riot was a member of the IWW. And the IWW is back in the early 1900s they were first formed in the early 1900s and they gained a lot of traction in about the events leading up to world war 1 um and what they were doing was the IWW was there was a lot of different unions throughout the country and they were basically organizing all the unions into a larger into the IWW which is a larger union so they had more force in their negotiation and i was actually reading today that in Butte Montana August 1st 1917 so almost 100 years ago to the day well okay uh, before i get to that just before that it was May of 1917 was the speculator fire in Butte, which killed 200 plus people. Um, so the IWW used that to close the local union shop in order to bring all those people into the IWW. And part of the IWW was a socialist movement to get, to actually oppose the World War One plus organize all these unions together. 
And on August 1st of two, or 1917, um, Frank Little was a person that was um, sent out of the IWW out of uh, Spokane, Washington, to speak at the local Butte, um, to the Butte unionizers, because they basically, since they closed the local union, they hadn't quite got everybody back into a union yet. So he was basically sent there to organize all the people back into a union. And the people that ran the Anaconda mine and, uh, or the Anaconda company and uh, a few of the different mines in Butte actually got together, hired six thugs in the middle of the night, uh, drug him out of his hotel room, like broke into his hotel room. Well, it's not a hotel, but it was, we'll just call it a hotel for this space. Drug him out, threw him into the back of a Cadillac, drove him across town, tied rope around his feet, drug him for another mile to where his uh, knees has a- had actually ground off, um, and hung him from a bridge off off of Montana. This this was the the people that ran the mines in Butte with a mi- with a note attached listing six other people or six or eight other people that were union organizers that said this will be you next and it's really interesting because since that time since world war one had ended the iww had kind of faded into the background but just recently in the last few years the iww is made a resurgence and one of the people killed and or the one person one civilian killed in Charlotte was a member of the IWW. That's interesting. So I mean it's it's you know so part of thinking about like the tear down of monument stuff the history should go with it. I mean I I totally agree with tearing down eyesores and I don't I don't think it solves any problems. Let me let no, me be clear but, on that. But you know the eight old age old adages: those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So I mean we're seeing the same shit that happened a hundred years ago happen again, and I just don't like where it's going. Yeah, and there's always a game behind the game, right? Like there always is these people that you see up in the rallies who are spitting all this hate. That's not the end game. There's another end game that they have. It's not what they're saying to the public. There's always something in the back rooms that they're actually planning. There's usually people making money. There's usually palms being greased somewhere. So if you're really a true believer in this stuff, you need to really think it through. You need to think it through just as you think like, believe all politicians are corrupt but somehow your guy's not no dude there's there's always something going on there's always something insidious behind the corners and we need to watch that and shine a light on it i don't know what else to say Uh, let's just take a quick break and then we'll come back and and talk about some new stuff that's not fucking depressing (laughs) 
game of thrones this week because we don't want to spoil anything for brent who's trying to catch up but next week uh i think jeremiah perez is going to join us and uh we'll talk some game of thrones i know he's going to be all caught up so we'll do a deep dive because we didn't really get to talk about last week's episode either too much so we'll just like dive into like some general throne speech next week but i want to talk did you guys did anybody see wet hot american summer 10 years later i just finished the entire season last night i i finished the entire season a couple hours ago Uh, (laughs) awesome yeah it was fun i i felt like it wasn't as good as the first season but i am totally behind you on that like it it was there wasn't as many jokes it was uh, kind of hard to roll into that one it felt like it was kind of a rough start but once like the last four or five episodes were fucking golden and how many how many shows do you get to watch where like george hw bush ronald reagan and bill clinton are all (laughs) like characters in an episode that doesn't happen very often (laughs) with a talking can of beans that's right. <laughs> I take There's it. There's so much like going on. It's and the the big reveal, and I won't give it away at the end. But the big reveal was pretty great. Like because we were cause Are you talking at the very very end. The very very end. Okay. Like where the one guy was talking yes, to the yeah, editor. Yeah. yeah. And that's I'll leave it at that. But which like, is like such a tired old trope. But that's what's fun about this is like it took like my favorite trope because that's what Wet Hot American Summer. It is, is like they, they a would, show of tropes. Yeah, they would just make fun of all the summer camp tropes, like the movie, and then the show continued on that, and then built a few more like that were '80s tropes. This one is the '90s, so they're starting to work on '90s tropes. For example. Alyssa Milano playing a babysitter who's like deranged <laughs> and like they so nail like what those how many of those movies were out in the 90s pretty much like anything uh oh, I can't think of the author the flowers in the attic author oh VC Anders yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anything she wrote really yeah that was made that was made into a movie <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, there was like the hand that rocks the cradle is like the one that sticks out to me the most. But there was a lot of them. It was just like it was really funny them playing with that. But that's probably enough on that for right now. I don't want to. I want the, people to catch up and see it before we talk. The other about part it I thought, and this was like five minutes into the opening, was the because uh, I guess uh, Bradley Cooper wasn't able to join the cast. Yeah, <laughs> so they had. Uh, Oh, the guy Adam from Scott. Parks. Yeah, yeah, Parks and Rec. Like, Adam took Scott. over his character. He's like, oh, I got a nose job. I hope nobody notices. Yeah, do you think everybody will recognize me since I got the nose job? And they just switched the actors. Like, you could not get an actor who looked less like him. Because <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan passed. He's the one actor who looks less like him, probably. But, uh, 
Yeah, it was, it was still pretty great, I gotta say. It was a step down from the first season, but still worth your time. And it's only eight episodes, like yeah. eight half-hour episodes, so... Um, let's see. I saw the Batman and, and Harley Quinn. How was that? It was all right. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, so it was better than the killing joke. I started to watch a killing joke a couple weeks ago and I couldn't, I did I you couldn't. turn it off before the bat sex? Yes. Okay. So I heard you the... told me about it and that immediately turned me off before I even saw it. Oh yeah. And then like I started to watch it and I was like, well, it's not even, it's not even good before that. So I just like yeah. turned it off. I got through the bad sex and then I turned it off and it was like, A was, I never had a chance alone because like I want to watch it, but I don't want my kids to watch it. (laughs) So, I mean, I have it saved on my uh, PlayStation View HBO feed right now. So one of these evenings I'll get into it and finish it, but. Yeah, the movie, um, I, it's just I, Batman and Harley Quinn anyway. Uh, it, it's all right, like for an animated movie. I mean, it, it clearly wasn't made for like the movie theater. It was just one of those fathom events. I had a good time with my daughter. There's a lot of innuendo, which I could have done without because I was with Kevin my daughter. Kevin Conroy was the voice, right? Yeah, okay. did Batman. And they had the original guy who played Robin. Um, and but it, it was fine. I mean, they had they had one sequence that was particularly fun where they go to a Roadhouse and they just keep Roadhouse. referencing like '60s Batman over and over <laughs> again. Like there's there's two. Was I, it the double deuce? <laughs> it kind of looked like it, uh, but there's like a. There's these two henchmen that are there that are totally dressed up like Catwoman's henchmen. And then I started realizing they're all henchmen of like 60s Batman. And then like Harley Quinn starts singing a song and like like somebody comes up to Batman sarcastically and starts doing the Batusi. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And then finally like uh, they kick the shit out of him and do the Bam Pow thing with some <laughs> jokes there. But it, it was all right. Like... It, it, Swamp Thing's appearance is amazing and I'll just leave it at that when you see Swamp Thing because like you just don't expect and the ending is really funny to it like it starts out as a different movie than it finishes it starts out as like a darker like Batman the animated series episode in a way like a dark dark one like darker than Mask of the Phantasm but then it ends up being very light hearted and funny uh, so I'll just leave it at that. But uh, DC is like all over the map with their movie stuff right now. <laughs> Though I gotta say, like Justice League put out some trailers. Like, what was your impression of this, Brent? Uh, so I I watched the Justice League trailer and I I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I mean the joke falls completely flat. I think they've done multiple jokes with the Flash in their trailers and they've all been just really bad and not even like haha he's a nerd that's bad it's just like that's not even a joke you know and you're but he's the only one standing and everybody leaves commissioner gordon all of a sudden that is that what you're talking about or and he's like wow that was really rude uh and then he just runs off yeah yeah it was Uh a it was a terrible joke and you watch it and I get done with the trailer and I'm not excited for it at all. And I got major problems with the flash. Um, 
just the costume and everything about it. But costume doesn't look right. No, it looks terrible. It looks like a so Power Ranger. I was reading this week, um, and we had talked previously about Joss Whedon taking over Justice League. Yeah, they're about to do the reshoots, and or no, I think they just did the reshoots. No, they're in the middle of reshoots right, okay. because <laughs> the reshoot schedule was about. Like after he did a major like run through of what's been on there, it's about three times what they were originally planning for reshoots because there was so much Josh Whedon wanted to change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if Josh Whedon is gonna get the director's credit when this is all done. If he directs a certain amount of the, the movie by Guild Laws, they have to give it to him. You're shaking your head. Oh, I I just that movie, I'm just worried about it really bad. I'm not worried because I assume it's going to be garbage. <laughs> That's, <laughs> but you know if Joss sad. Whedon is it's, reshooting a bunch, it can still be saved. It can it, still it be can saved. It can be better. But I'm not expecting it to be saved. See, I think it's the worst part about DC movies right now are when the superheroes use their powers. Because like with Wonder Woman, the whole story was great. The whole movie was great until like the very end when she was fighting Ares. The whole movie just fell apart into a giant CGI fest. And if I thought it was fine because I thought that like that established her as a total badass. Like that's the one time I actually did like. Uh, well, I'm not saying that like watching it or like the character wasn't badass, but the actual st- what you're seeing on the screen was not good. And it kind of similarly, like Batman v Superman falls apart at the end with that sort of at the end. Giant, well, <laughs> not at the end, but it at the end also, it's just like we don't know how to f- wrap this up. Giant CGI fest fight each other, and you know the same thing in uh, Suicide Squad. At the end, they're like, we don't know how to end this. She has giant CGI stuff in the sky. Just bomb. I guess it's over. And so they get into this thing with superpowers and they don't really know how to like pull it back to a narrative that's good. But I think it's going to be all of that. Like only that basically with all the heroes for a whole movie. And that's going to be terrible. I disagree. I think Joss Whedon is really good with character interaction. And I think that a lot of that garbage stuff is going to be weeded out for more interaction between people. I just don't know. Like my worry for it is that it's going to be insanely... In- like uneven (laughs) that'll probably be a problem because i don't like (laughs) there's none of those actors that i hate that are in the movie and i'd like all of the characters in the movie i just like feel like the movies had with the exception of wonder woman have been like pretty badly executed yes which is Zack snyder's fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh and so i have hope that like I do have hope that it'll be okay, but my brain says like it's probably going to be uneven. You're probably going to be able to tell what's Joss Whedon and what's uh, Zack Snyder, and that's what I worry about. And then you see a trailer for Thor Ragnarok, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" It I'm looks like, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like it looks so <laughs> much fun. And oh, so the joke, even the joke. Every time I hear it, I still laugh. I'm just like. Yeah, I can hear it a million times and I'll still laugh. Are you, which joke are you talking about? Are you talking Where he's about like, he's a friend from work. From work. Yeah. We know each other. I also like when he's when he's like, when the Hulk is talking about fire. And he's just, 
Hulk is raging fire. Thor is smoldering. It's <laughs> really funny. And then you see like Hulk just jump at this giant fire demon, and you're like, I don't even know what that is, but he's going to get fucking smashed by the Hulk, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> so, uh, since I got you on, I wanted to hear, uh, where do you... How do you feel like the Arrowverse is right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> dead? <laughs> is that a spoiler? Dead? Everyone's dead? Um, Arrow is... The season of Arrow was so fucking bad. Yeah. Like, it was, I, I have like three episodes left in this season. Oh, and you they, haven't seen the end? No. Oh, spoiler alert, everyone dies. <laughs> so, and it has been so- I thought you had seen the end and you're like, well, what's going on now? Because I have no idea where they start because they don't have any characters left. It's so fucking bad. I don't... It's Berlanti has written himself into this crazy corner where you know it's got to come back because they've got 23 episodes of Flash and of uh, Arrow. Arrow Arrow to go, but... Like everyone in Arrow's dead, and then the Flash like went into a time prison for eternity, and that's where both seasons Thanks left off. That's where that that's where we're starting. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway through Flash and Supergirl. It's right not now. even ruining it. Like it, they're the even most Supergirl. Like it kind of okay. Stop. Ended. Don't ruin it for Supergirl. me too. I'm halfway through. Did You're you finish out. Legends? No, I'm working on it. Oh, I'm, no, just I, watch like, my goal have is you seen the my four goal part? is to be caught up with yes, I did see the yeah. What did you think of the four part? The invasion thing? Yeah. It was fun. It was like, awesome. It made my daughter wanna start watching Legends of Tomorrow with me. So like it's good, I put Legends a halt Tomorrow's on it great. so that we're gonna finish Flash and Supergirl and then if we have time we're gonna go back and catch up on the Legends of Tomorrow. Dude, watch Legends of Tomorrow and then watch the other shows. No. You will like it's Legend so much better. Pretty, it's pretty so good. much better. I TV. hear what you're saying. Here's what you need to understand. I'm like ten, somewhere around ten episodes away from finishing both of those shows. Like and being caught up. I'm not going to sacrifice <laughs> that so I can be behind on three shows. No way. <laughs> I, like I, I will catch up when I get a chance to catch up. But it's way easier to catch up on one show than it is three. It just is, man. Like right now we have our nightly thing. We're like at dinner time. We either watch Flash or Supergirl, and we alternate every single day, and that's been going really well. And some days we catch both of them, dude. One day, my daughter was super like I don't know what was up with her. Maybe her energy was just down. But we watched two Supergirls and two Flashes. Ooh, nice. Yeah, the the alien invasion thing. We watched three of the four in one sitting. So did, did you dive into the arrow part of that? Yeah, dude, I had to finish the story. And it was fine because they actually... And it was pretty much standalone. The problem with the crossover before... Not not Supergirl Flash, because that was great. Like when when, uh, Flash is on Supergirl. But when they did the Flash crossover with Arrow before, it was awful because it's like a Flash episode and then an Arrow episode. I just happened to feature the other one. And so the connective tissue See, was liked, really weak. I like both of those. But what I liked about this one was like there was running stories. Like they had all of the stories running through. And like the character on their own show had a little like they they played out that storyline a little bit more in each one, but it was still the concurrent storyline running through. Like I was like watching Arrow 
Like, I remember when Flash crossed over into Arrow, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because all of a sudden, there's all these plots that weren't in the first pl- uh, part. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. So, that I think they executed it way better this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, cr- that crossover was a lot of fun. I got to say. And like I said, like, my daughter all of a sudden wants to watch uh, <sighs> Legends of Tomorrow with me, so... Yeah, have you? So you haven't got to the uh, Supergirl Flash crossover yet? Because uh, they had one with just Flash. The musical and Super- episode, oh, just yeah. Flash and Supergirl. No, I haven't gotten that. Oh, far the yet. musical episode's great. <laughs> I love it, and I don't even like music. It's very God. controversial. Everybody likes it or hates it. See, I'm the only one that I like know that's adamantly hates those episodes oh, it's okay. my family loved those episodes they're like because my wife kind of got out of flash toward the end and then i'm like my uh, daughter was watching uh supergirl it's it's interesting because my family the only show that everybody will sit down for is flash like supergirl my wife hasn't she'll sometimes watch a little bit she never finishes an episode my wife will actually like without knowing what's going on in flash she'll sit down with us and she'll actually watch a whole episode so anyway sorry see see in my family uh i watch them all i mean i watch yeah all except for a couple episodes someday i may torture myself and go through arrow but there's good shows to watch so i don't know why that you can watch season two of arrow (laughs) nah Season two no of Arrow. Season is two great. is season two may, might make me want to watch a bad season of Arrow. No, Actually, next season because Berlanti said we're not going to do any more flashback episodes. Well, they've last were, season like, we're caught literally up, we're like done. they can't do any flashback episodes past this because that in the timeline that would be the start of Arrow. <laughs> right? They would be exactly. flashback to previous episodes. Well, they're going to. Continue doing flashbacks, but Manu Bennett is going to be flashbacking to like early days of Deathstroke, which might be interesting. But I'm just gonna assume it's not. I'm just not gonna no. Watch yeah, it. those are usually Arrow has like behind the camera and in front of the camera not impressed me when I've watched it. So I'm just not gonna dive in. <laughs> That's what I'm actively not gonna. You know what I'm gonna do when I would have been watching Arrow? I'm gonna watch Black Lightning. Hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping it'll be good. I I'm a little worried that they're not connecting it to anything else. Yeah, that seems like kind a, of letting it hang out there. That seems like a bad idea to me. But they they will though. They, they did know, the same Supergirl thing. Supergirl was on a different Flash, network. Yeah. yeah, and they and still they crossed it over. It over. Yeah, because they were trying to bring the fans from Flash over. <laughs> is why they did it. But. And I, I watched that episode of Supergirl because of it, but that's the only one I've seen, really. So It's a bummer because Supergirl is like all right in the first season and gets progressively better as it goes along. And then like every episode I've watched in the second season has been solid. Like I really like that show. It's I love Martian easy. Manhunter, dude. He's I, pretty I make great. no excuses for it. I love <laughs> Martian Manhunter. I'm into Martian Manhunter. He's pretty I, great I on the show. I can't get enough Martian Manhunter. And we got Red Tornado in an episode. Yeah, they they kind of fizzled out Red Tornado. <laughs> pretty fast, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't... They didn't... And, like, they had this whole sort of thing going, like, with whatever company was, was like bankrolling red tornado the project like that whole storyline kind of just 
goes away. Yeah, it'll come back. It'll it come back so at some point. Yeah, it'll come back at some point in season three. <laughs> It'll be one of those things I just occasionally revisit. It's cheaper to revisit stuff you've already done because you already have the CG models. I wish that <laughs> Gotham was a different show than it is. Yeah. Because I wish... Man, Gotham has so many great villains it's created, but it has no fucking Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Gordon just can't do it. But, man, they could bring over all those villains and have them be like guest starring on an episode of arrow or something and it would be wonderful you know what? i wanted to bounce back on something i said um a while ago we were talking shit about them doing flashpoint for uh the flash movie and i was like what's fucking point it's basically already been done on tv having pretty much watched the flashpoint i think the arc pretty much played out for the most part already on the shows I'm I think watching. it's a terrible idea for the movies. So I think I know what they're doing. And if they're actually doing the Flashpoint story, I just reread it a couple nights ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I forgot all this stuff. The really fucking cool stuff in Flashpoint, they didn't even touch in, in the show, like at all. And I was like, oh, if you do that, like, what if you do Flashpoint and all of a sudden you see batman but it's batman's dad because bruce got killed in the alley right and his mom's joker no that was what i thought i just had this (laughs) conversation with somebody the other day see i had forgotten because i watched the animated movie after i've read the comic and forgot like that is not in the comic that they make that up for the animated movie i thought that one was a little dumb with his mom becoming the joker i hope that they don't do that like but what you do so Jeff Johns is running DC and it's his story or the DCEU and it's his story. But I think he sees this as an opportunity to fix things, which I'm starting to see this in a different light. And I'm like, I don't yeah, feel maybe. like they've earned flashpoint. They don't have to though. It's you basically just do it so that like you can reset the universe to what you want it to be. Yes, so what I, what I mean by that is like if Ben Affleck is leaving, you have a different Batman because it changed in Flashpoint. Um, like the the universe just looks lighter because everything got changed in Flashpoint. Like you can have the whole thing with like Batman and Aqua or Aquaman like fighting, like you know like fucking up stuff because that would be interesting to see that Elseworlds thing on the screen but basically you can undo all of this stupid all the Zack Snyder shit yeah all, all the stuff that didn't work with Zack Snyder you can undo it and and like set it to where you want it like this relationship doesn't work it now changes because of Flashpoint oh look they act a lot more like jovial that's because of Flashpoint like you know what I mean like you can undo a yeah bunch but if of the shit. Flash is your problem you can't like rewrite it with your with a bad character like, I don't know that the Flash is gonna be a problem. It just depends on how they handle it for the movie. Ooh, like the, the, the like, Justice League movie might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not just the Flash. Dude. See, and it's sad because I think, but I, you can I, even I, change I think Barry the Flash Allen was, by doing Flashpoint. The Flash he runs looks, so fast he becomes like a different actor. You well, can have Wally West. Yeah, you can have Wally West take over. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know that. DC would let a black guy. Well, I guess they have. They're forced with. Oh, they'll Cyborg. just. They'll just like we've had this whole thing where but like Cyborg we turn black. Terrible. Ca- where we turn. We've had this dusty. whole thing where we turn white characters black. Like DC EU seems like the perfect place to turn a black character white. Right. 
Oh, fucking douchebags. <laughs> Sorry. Back to institutional racism. <laughs> it all comes full circle. I'm sorry, Brandon. I railroaded your point there. So, um, and I kind of, one of the point Brandon was making is like, I don't think you can, and as much as like, it'd be great to just like use Flashpoint to restart the DCU, <clears throat> but as far as Flash goes, it doesn't look like it would be a terrible place to start that character to me. Cause and I really, and I, he's going to get screen time in justice league, but he's going to be like a joke character. He's going to like have some jokes that are going to fall flat that we see. And, and he's going to deliver a punch I think he's two. one of the best, one of the most like, people i'm looking forward to in the justice league movie is the flash i think if it's done well it can be fine the question is will it be done well um i'm not gonna like shit on jeff johns just yet because jeff johns like delivered wonder woman Zack snyder had already started justice league like that was that was an existing thing but jeff johns is running the universe now and like he's running the flash and that's a dude who like wrote the best Flash story, as far as I'm concerned, and like had a great run on the Flash. So if there's anybody who knows how to pull off like the story for a Flash movie, I think it is Jeff John. So I, my thinking has come around on this. Um, that being said, it could be a flaming pile of shit. Yeah, it could I just, be like I don't a wanna... time traveling like flaming pile of shit. Just like he jumps back in time. He sees like reverse flash, like kill his mom. And he's like, oh no, I got to stop her. Or like, or they tie it into Batman v Superman, like bring it back there where like Superman's like a villain in maybe Flashpoint. And then. Well, if they go by the comic, Flashman or Superman's. Basically, he crashed to Earth, and then they immediate, the government immediately took him off and locked him in a room, and he never saw the sun. And so he's this weak little guy. And then, like, they wind up um, freeing him. And then he just, like, disappears. <laughs> he just, like, flies off. <laughs> and then he comes later to, like, sort of save him. But, yeah. So, like, Superman didn't have, like, a huge part in the Flashpoint arc. But that would be interesting seeing that play out, too. If you make it kind of like a Justice League movie, but you, like, have the Flash as the main character, it could be really interesting with, like, I do like the other worlds take like we see it in the flash show. It's one of the reasons why it works so well is all the dimensions and time travel. Yeah. Like that's the funnest thing to me about the flash. I think that could work for a movie. Um, I'm not willing to say it's not going to work just yet. Dude, your shirt is like distracting me because I'm just like looking at like a thousand flash symbols on Brandon's shirt right now. <laughs> when did you start dressing nerdier than I did? It just gradually kind of happened. <laughs> this is, I wore this, if you look back on Facebook Live, I wore this most of the episodes. Yeah, I'm just saying like it, it, it happened gradually that you became more of a nerd and dressed than I did. Like, I don't know what happened. I just wear this just for the podcast. Yeah. I've been wearing a lot of Portland Except gear. for the last couple of episodes. Of course, you at home can't see this, but the last couple of episodes I've been wearing my uh, Game of Thrones shirts. It says, uh, I drink and I know things. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Well, we should probably cut this off. Um, take it easy. 
respect the outro. Put them on your laptop. Put them on your phone. Put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Well, Strop, it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism. Montucky Skies. I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network.